Hey everyone, I'm Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. And I'm your co-host, Mr. Eric Almighty. Well, happy 4th of July, everyone. An Independence Day mostly spent inside wasn't what we were all expecting when 2020 started, but it has delivered us a special gift, the Hamilton film. We both just finished watching it for the first time, and this is our first discussion since, so sit back, relax, and wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a very special bonus episode of the Wait For It podcast. And you guys probably knew this was coming, being that our whole podcast name is centered around it. But Eric, the Hamilton film is finally here, and we are so excited to talk about it. That's right. And we're going to jump right into it, get straight to the point about how this really made us feel watching it for the first time. If you are new to the podcast, then you know me and Phil were heartbroken that when the pandemic started, we weren't able to see it live here in Jacksonville, Florida, when it was set to come to town. So we got to finally see the live cast and that's a pretty good consolation prize. So Phil, I need to know what were your initial feelings walking into it, getting ready to press the play button and just kind of the initial feelings you've had throughout up until the end of seeing it for the first time. So first and foremost, it started off. So I stayed up until 3 a.m. to watch it here on the on the East Coast because it released at midnight over on the West Coast. So I was up and right at 3 a.m. It did not drop, at least for me. I saw that other people were watching it, including my sister who was out in California. So I was a little frustrated. But finally, about 15, 20 minutes in, I was able to see it. Admittedly, I have seen the bootleg version. I do apologize that for that for you uh, for you Broadway uh, aficionados out there. But having never thought that I would ever get to see the original cast, you know, I, I did watch the bootleg years and years ago. But being able to see this and you hear that initial introduction with King George, Eric, and then you just really get chills. And I really love the fact that they included the crowd reaction because I think that was such an important part and we're going to get into, you know, a lot of more specifics here shortly. But just being able to see all of the facial expressions and the small details they put into their characters and things off screen that we didn't even know were going on. It was an incredible experience. And thank you so much to Disney Plus and Lynn and everybody involved for getting it to us early. I'll definitely say that not only was I excited for it, but I think the excitement was at an all time high when I finally sat down on the couch and I knew for the next two and a half hours, I was going to be on a ride that I had never been on before. Yes, I've heard the music and I've and I also have seen the bootleg, but for me, it just really was finally about time. Like I was just really excited to see it. Now, this review, we're going to get into a couple different things and we are going to kind of outline some of our favorite things about it. We're, you know, just favorite songs, performances, Anything that we kind of caught this time around that we didn't see, you know, having seen the bootleg before and also what we imagined in the musical. And of course, if there's anything we didn't like, we'll give our final thoughts at the end. We're not going to really be giving it a grade because I think me and Phil both can agree that we absolutely love Hamilton. And if you know us personally, you know where this is going to go. So without further ado, we're going to get ready to get started. But Phil, for any of our new listeners, let's let them know where they can find us on social media and where they can stream other episodes. That's right, folks. You can find us pretty much anywhere you're listening to your favorite podcast. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, 
Buzzsprout, and wherever else you listen to your shows. This episode, along with pretty much all of our episodes, was recorded using Squadcast. And if you're interested in recording your own podcast, check out our affiliate link for Squadcast in the show notes. If you're looking for us on social media, we're also pretty much everywhere. Facebook and Instagram at The Wait For It Podcast and on Twitter at Wait For It Pod. So all that being said, Eric, let's get right into it. So the first topic we want to cover here, favorite live song. I'll let you go first because I'm very interested to see where you go on this one. Now, it shouldn't be much of a surprise, but my favorite song is Wait For It, and that is you know, performed by Aaron Burr, of course, Leslie Odom Jr. And the backstory here is Phil Phil tried to get me to listen to Hamilton for so long, and I just kept pushing it off because, you know, it was the popular thing to do, just listen to Hamilton. Oh, I love Hamilton. And when I finally listened to the whole soundtrack, I can honestly say that Wait For It is the song that told me this was not going to just be something I liked, but something that was going to be an obsession on my end. And I'm not sure because I was in the room watching this with my wife and my son. I'm not sure if they noticed, but I genuinely cried at the end of Wait For It. Like I, I honestly let a couple tears out because it was everything that I wanted it to be. And when we talk about favorite overall performances, I'll, I'll kind of elaborate further, but this was the height of the musical for me when I listened to it for the first time and when I watched it for the first time. 100% Wait For It is incredible. That whole performance by Leslie Odom Jr. And again, we'll get to this here in just a moment because Eric, I think we're going to have very, very similar thoughts. For me, while I do love Wait For It, not that there's, and there's necessarily not even a bad uh, live song that is performed throughout this entire thing. I love the choreography in Satisfied. And I think I talked about this to you, Eric, whenever the whenever we watched the bootleg. It's it's so incredible. The stage that they have put together, for those of you who are not familiar with the show, is so cool. And that's one of the main reasons I was so excited to finally see it in person. Unfortunately, again, as Eric mentioned, that has not yet happened. I love the choreography of Satisfied. There is so much that goes into it. And a lot that I didn't even really notice or recognize what's happening when of course you watch a really bad quality online on some cd website or just listening to the song itself i am going to also cheat a little bit eric because this is kind of a combination of things as far as another uh, another song that i loved watching perform live was going from hurricane into the reynolds pamphlet because especially with king george's present you know uh presence i should say off to the side he is so great. Jonathan Groff is so amazing in that. But yeah, the Reynolds pamphlet is really, really great because that's also something you didn't really see is like the like Maria Reynolds. You didn't even know that she's around for that or George Washington and all that stuff. So I cheated a little bit, but those two specifically satisfied and Hurricane going into the Reynolds pamphlet were outstanding. There were so many good songs. I mean, I'm not even bringing up nonstop, which, you know, when you hear it, it's one thing. But then when you hear it and you see it and all of the things kind of cultivate into this one song that then brings you to intermission into the second half of the story. I thought that was really, really good. And I think this is a good segue for us to go into favorite overall performances. So Phil, I don't want to steal too much thunder from you because I have a couple things to say here. So what were some of your favorite overall performances? Uh, You know, at least two people that for you stood out more by seeing them visually than you did just from listening to the song. So that example I'm going to give our audience is Lin-Manuel Miranda is awesome on the soundtrack and he's awesome here as well. But I would say that I am excited to listen and to see him equally. So Phil, when I say favorite overall performances, who really elevated it to the point where you would much rather see them 
and actually play Hamilton again just to listen to those songs and see them played out. So I'm fairly certain that we're going to tag team on at least a couple of these. So I'll take the first one, which is going to be David Diggs, who is going to be, and he already has been in a lot of other projects since this, he's going to be an absolute star, Eric. His portrayal of Marquis de Lafayette as well as Thomas Jefferson. Now, Thomas Jefferson is really where he stands out right off the bat of Act 2 with What Did I Miss? And which, of course, is another song that we've taken and obviously made our own here with our episodes that we come out with every single Monday. Eric, this is actually something my daughter pointed out. Davi Diggs, imagine this, if they ever, and this is going to make Stefan really happy if you listen to this episode. Imagine if they ever did a live-action Princess and the Frog he needs to play Dr. Facilier, the villain from that movie. That sounds absolutely amazing. So, you know, Davi Diggs was also one of mine. He was just amazing. Um, another person, of course, is Leslie Odom Jr. There are a couple subtle things that I, I noticed. I'm going to bring them up here because, you know, subtle visuals. We feel kind of mentioned some already. I'm going to bring one up now. So I'm sure they're going to be spread throughout this episode. But why Wait For It was so powerful for me was because Leslie Odom, I didn't realize how much he smiled as Aaron Burr during the performances. That's not something I was expecting. And his whole demeanor when he's smiling more instead of talking, you know, he's he's not he's talking less. That was really standout for me. It gave me an unsettling feeling when he would do that because you could tell he was being just so fake. And then when he finally let it let it down for songs like Wait For It, Dear Theodosia, The Room Where It Happened. Those were really important songs, and they were really powerful because of that. And Leslie Odom Jr., again, another guy who has been able to make the most out of the, the Hamilton's success. You know, he was he was on Murder of the Orient Express, which is excellent. Eric, you and I really enjoy that movie, but we also expect really, really big things from him. If you haven't checked it out and you are a fan of Hamilton, his book, Failing Up, is fantastic. And if you, even if you don't want to read it, you can check it out on Audible, and it, it is completely narrated by him. So it's kind of like Leslie Odom Jr. is giving you life advice and I cannot recommend that enough. So uh, the other guy that I want to point out here, Eric, is Christopher Jackson, who has been working with Lynn for, for years. He was also in In the Heights, which is Lynn's first Broadway project. That was also amazing. And we will be getting that film early next year, hopefully. Um, Eric, I don't know if you've gotten a chance to listen to In the Heights as much, but that's that one is something I think that benefits greatly visually. But there are some real, really good songs on that song on that soundtrack as well. But Christopher Jackson is George Washington, again, a standout. And it's I was honestly when whenever one last time comes around, that's such an emotional performance. And I was honestly sad because I knew we weren't really going to get him for the rest of the show. Yeah, and kind of wrapping up overall performances, I mean, there were so many standout ones. You know, Renee Goldsberry was great. As Angelica Schuyler, she was just fantastic. Her voice is amazing. I really loved the subtle things that Anthony Ramos did as John Lawrence. And, you know, we'll talk about that here maybe in a minute for some subtle visuals. But to kind of segue us into those subtle visuals, Jonathan Groff as King George was everything I wanted and so much more. So talking about subtle visuals, his was a standout performance because he has an important role as King George, I think, to kind of provide some humor and then also some outside perspective. But the amount of spit that this man sang with was absolutely amazing. When he says, no, don't change the subject, and he just basically vomits a bunch of spit out, It, I honestly 
was shook. So, Phil, outside of that, and maybe any thoughts on that, but what, what other subtle visuals really enhance the experience for you? Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up. It was he, Jonathan Groff is just so good at everything that he does. But as far as subtle visuals, and I, and I do feel bad because we didn't bring up, you know, the the Skylar sisters, Philippa Sue is also incredible. Jasmine Stevens Jones, God, they're also so good and one thing i didn't notice and i'll bring them up is that they're always kind of around even before their introduction right i don't know if you, you i'm sure you did notice that where they're um you know they're always kind of looming around the top of the set and that's something i didn't know and also pretty much all the main characters and eric i'm glad you mentioned something about aaron burr as far as him smiling of course that's something you really can't really see through listening just the soundtrack but even in the very very beginning uh, in the very first song, uh, Aaron Burser and and my shot, where he's just sitting back at the in the back of the bar is what it's supposed to be, and just kind of you know reading and just kind of taking it all in, right? And that's just embodies the character of Aaron Burr. He's taking everything in because he's not going to let you know what side that he falls on, but he's going to always he's going to always be paying attention to what's going on around him, so he can use that information to his advantage. I also love the part in uh, Guns and Ships where they are sending the letter you know to hamilton and it travels all the way across the top of the stage like that's something you can't experience listening just the soundtrack those are just a couple of things that i wanted to point out and i'll let you go honestly i think you hit on most of them you know i brought up some already just from the start to to where we are now Uh, one thing that i think you didn't mention that i really liked was that they had one of the ensemble cast act as the bullet and I think they did it more than once, but it's obviously really noticeable at the end segment, you know, the, the last song where Hamilton gets shot. I thought that was really creative. I'm sure there's a lot of other things. If you didn't know, and, you know, I even tried to search for it, which was weird. It didn't come up. So if you didn't know, The Undefeated actually has a behind-the-scenes kind of in-depth thing going on with Hamilton that also released with the musical. It's called The Undefeated Presents Hamilton In-Depth with Kelly Carter. I think it's about like 30 minutes. It's got a bunch of the cast, you know, in like a Zoom-like setting, and they talk about a bunch of things. I'm really excited to watch this. Unfortunately, didn't get a chance to before this episode dropped. Yeah, I 100% want to check that out on my end as well, Eric. There is something I did want to bring up. It was an interesting article that came out from uh, Slate.com. This is an article uh, by the author is named Marissa Martinelli. And the name of the article is You Don't Need to Watch Hamilton. And let me bring up some of the points that she raised here in this article. She said, while the musical's widespread availability will make for a nice Independence Day double feature with 1776, the truth is you really don't need to see Hamilton. And that's not because the show isn't as revolutionary as it once seemed, or because it's overrated, or because the ghost of Alexander Hamilton might suddenly appear in your living room and reveal himself to be a major dick. No, it's because everything that's great about Hamilton has already been widely available for years in the form of the musical's cast recording. She pretty much points out here, Eric, that um, it's a it's a sung through um, it's a sung through a play, which means there's no really added lines aside from the the part I think at the end of Act One, Eric, with um, with John Lawrence. Um, she also points out that um, she she also says here there's not really much to look at. Hamilton's barebone set is a little more than scaffolding on a revolving stage with some furniture that gets dragged in and out. It's more notable for what isn't there than what is. Uh, and just some other things here as well. She also points out that the choreography is distracting, um, which I'm not sure, really sure about that. Now, of course, we're huge, big time Hamilton fans. But what do you think about some of these things? And also, I don't know if you listen to or watch the IGN review 
They also said some of the cinematography kind of took away from the experience as well. I didn't really pick up on that. What do you think? Yeah, as we segue into the end of this this bonus episode, you know, I really tried really hard to find something I didn't like. And maybe it'll dawn on me as we speak. So I'm definitely going to lean on you to, to see if you at least have something. I, I do want to address that because I have heard a lot of people complain that it doesn't really encapture everything from the show. And it feels like you're missing out on stuff, especially with like the close-ups that they do. But those close-ups gave me an experience that I think is going to be different from when I actually see it live. If you go to see Broadway shows, one good example is Rent. I enjoy Rent, like just the music in general, and even kind of the movie, more than I did the actual play. And it's because there really is so much happening that it can get really distracting. And sometimes, sometimes, depending on the song and the actors and actresses portraying these characters, it's also hard to hear. For me, I really think that the cinematography was a big plus for me because one, I think it gave me a different experience, but two, I think it took away from some of those distracting elements really well, where it could be overwhelming to someone who's viewing something on Broadway for the first time. So, you know, I kind of have a different opinion. Phil, was there anything that you didn't like? I'm pretty much where you are, Eric. And it again, I was maybe I'll find something on later watch throughs. Actually, it's my daughter is on her second watch through right now in the in the living room. And I'm going to join her here momentarily. But I, I think from this article just kind of paints somebody as just a, who is a casual fan and some things I could kind of understand. Now for people that are hardcore fans, they're already going to watch this and they want to experience everything that there is. And I'm glad you brought up the point about seeing, cause I think you have seen rent both. Of course we've seen the movie, but then you've also seen it in person where there's so much going on at one time. It's not like you can really keep up with what's going on. And also as far as IGN's review, the saying that the cinematography did not capture, you know, emotions and, and facial features and things like that. But if you're sitting in the crowd, I mean, even if no matter where you are, pretty much unless you're at the very, very front, you're missing out on those things anyway. So I really didn't feel like that was a detriment to the experience whatsoever. Yeah, I think Meet Me Inside is like the best example I can give where I was like, man, I really like what they're doing here because I'm seeing things that make sense for the characters to be doing. And, and I kind of always imagined in my head, you know, King George, for example, those close-ups are what make those performances iconic to me really especially more so than before so it doesn't really sound like we have any neg anything negative to say which i guess may be biased or maybe true it's really up to you to go watch the actual you know musical on disney plus so phil what are your final thoughts and then we're going to go ahead and end this bonus episode yeah, guys, I really hope that you have enjoyed this episode as, as much as Eric and I have enjoyed talking about it because we really haven't gotten a chance to speak to each other about our thoughts. So uh, I've personally been waiting to be in the room where it happens for roughly five years now. And when the pandemic struck the world, I was unfortunately robbed of that opportunity when the Hamilton tour was indefinitely postponed and rescheduled for 2021 here in Jacksonville. Being able to watch the Hamilton film with the original cast has been a bright light amongst all the darkness that has been 2020. And while I've listened to the soundtrack backwards and forwards hundreds, I mean, hell, maybe thousands of times, being able to visually see this brilliant cast and crew at work creates an entirely new experience. For those of you that are already fans of Hamilton, as I mentioned, you're already going to check this out. It's been on our calendar for a long, long time. But for those of you who have only taken part in the Hamilton fandom from afar, do yourself a favor and listen to the words of the main character himself. Do not throw away your shot. Go watch Hamilton right away. Thank you so much for joining us on this bonus episode. My name is Mr. Eric Almighty. That is my co-host, Phil the Filipino. And don't forget, we release new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. All you have to do is wait for it. This is the Wait For It Podcast. <laughs>